Hi, you've just downloaded or otherwise accessed a podcast of Cross Point Church and the teaching ministry presented through our weekly Sunday morning worship. Feel free to burn a copy of this file when you're finished and pass it along to a friend you think might also benefit from the teaching. We hope you enjoy the message today, and thanks again for taking the time to visit. A virus sweeping across our globe and across our nation, bringing us more or less to paralysis in many cases uh, as as a nation, Uh, certainly social paralysis, if if not greater than that. What's fair about that? What's fair about taking Gene's life and the way that God took it? What's fair about that? Um, got a new grandson this, this past week. My, just happened to have a picture for you today. <laughs> um, he's, he's, uh, he's quite the card. He's, he's just as perfect as he can be and as healthy as he can be. Yet one in every 20 babies are born with an addiction to drugs in our city. What's fair about what's fair about me having a healthy one and someone else not? What's fair about that? What's fair about um, those who have a relationship with Jesus spending eternity in a place called heaven in his presence and those who don't spending eternity in a place called hell apart from him for eternity? What's fair about those things? Our world would look at those situations, those equations, and say, it's just not fair. Where is the fairness? Where is the, where is the justice? I want to take us today through this thought as we begin this study of why life is a fair, around this idea that we, we serve and know a righteous God. It's because God is righteous. Uh, I want us to look, we're going to look at several things over the next few weeks, but I want to kind of lay the groundwork today with this idea of, of, um, of his righteousness. Now, fairness is mentioned 16 times in the scripture, the word fair or the word uh, fairest or fair. Uh, I want to share a couple of them with you. Leviticus chapter 19, verse 15 says, Do not pervert justice, do not show partiality to the poor or favoritism to the the great, but judge your neighbor fairly. Here's another one. Proverbs 31, 8 and 9 says, Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all uh, who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and needy. Here's one more. Masters, provide for your slaves what is right and fair because you know that you also have a master in heaven. Now, fairness, as I said, is mentioned 16 times in Scripture. Justice is mentioned 134 times in Scripture. Here's a couple of examples there. The word of the Lord is right and true, Psalm 33. He is faithful in all he does. The Lord loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of his unfailing love. Here's another from Romans 3. This righteousness of God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to, uh, to all who believe. There's no difference for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented him as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in his blood. He did this to demonstrate his justice because in his forbearance he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did it to demonstrate his justice at the present time so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. Now, let's pose this question. What's the difference between fairness and justice? I would submit to you, it's righteousness. It is a righteous God who sees right, knows right, does right, and tries to 
put us in that same place in those same scenarios. Um, Also, anytime you see righteousness uh, in Scripture, the word righteous or righteousness, it's talking about rightness, doing the right thing, making the right decision in the right way, at the right place, at the right time. it, It is rightness. So let's look at this idea from God's perspective and our perspective. First of all is this. To God, if being right also means being fair, good. But if, if being right appears unfair, in his eyes, that's still good. Why? Because God is always concerned with justice over fairness. Don't miss that. He is always concerned with justice over fairness every time. Why? Because fairness would force God to look at our circumstances. And God is only concerned with our earthly circumstances to the extent that they teach us an eternal lesson. That's, that's his only concern with our circumstances. Why? Because he can change them and control them anytime he wants. And so he looks at us and to us and in us through our circumstances more than our circumstances. God's only concerned with our earthly circumstances to the extent that they teach us an eternal lesson. Now get this. Circumstantial fairness gets us equal pay for equal work. That's what circumstantial fairness does. Eternal fairness sends us all to hell. Don't miss that. Circumstantial fairness gets us equal pay for equal work in in, in an earthly sense, in a carnal sense. But eternal fairness, if you really want fairness, we're all bound for hell. That's what's fair for you and I, because we're sinners. And as sinners, that's, that's our destiny and destination. Righteousness, though, forces him to look at our heart, forces him to look at our will, to look at our motives, to look at the things that drive us, our eternity. Out of, out of his na- the nature of who he is, he is righteous, that is the nature of who he is, he looks at us through righteousness, through the lens of righteousness because that's how he's designed to do, not at our circumstances. Now, that's from God's perspective. Let's, let's look at ours. Are we to be fair with each other? Well, we just read in the scripture that we are to be. Yes, it's an overwhelming yes. So long as righteousness and rightness isn't compromised in our fairness. So long as doing the right thing does not compromise fairness, should we be fair with each other? Yes, we should. Are we to render justice to each other? Yes, we should. So long as righteousness is not compromised in the justice. So long as doing the right thing, making the right decision, is not compromised by our doing handling each other justly. Uh, that's why in our court system, there are flaws in our court system, but it, do, do, do you know that our founding fathers designed our court system around what the scripture says? It, 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 is, it is this idea of justice being right, being the right thing to do. And we render justice because, it's, because the law that supports it is, should be at least is, or hopefully is, a right law. So who decides what's right? <laughs> Where do, we, where do we get this idea of rightness? God's already decided what's right, and here it is. I can't say that more plainly. He's already decided what is right and true, and here it is. Now, as we deal with each other, deal, we deal with him, if we are true to his word, we're going to find ourselves on the right side of issues, on the right side of circumstances, on the right side of life. If we get away from his word, it's a crapshoot. Sometimes we may look into rightness and righteousness, sometimes, but oftentimes probably not. So I want to look at this idea of righteousness uh, before we get too far afield on, on justice and fairness. Uh, turn to 34th chapter of Job. We're going to be in the book of Job, in the book of 2 Corinthians, in the book of 2 Peter, 
and in the book of Revelation, and the, and the text will be on the screen for you. But I want, want you to see these, these things in, in Job chapter 34, verses 10 to 15. It says this. So listen to me, you men of understanding. This is, this is uh, Job's friend Elihu speaking, speaking back to Job, uh, uh, and hopefully comfort and encouragement. So listen to me, you men of understanding. Far be it from God to do evil, from the Almighty to do wrong. He repays man for what he has done. He brings him upon him what his conduct deserves. It is unthink. Watch this. It is unthinkable that God would do wrong. It's unthinkable that God would do wrong. That the Almighty would pervert justice. Who appointed him over the earth? Who put him in charge of the whole world? If it were his intention, he would, he and he withdrew his spirit and breath. All mankind would perish together, and man would return to the dust. Look up there, up, back up at verse 12. It is unthinkable that God would do wrong. It's beyond the realm of possibility that God would do wrong. Righteousness then, first of all, is who God is and all he knows. Righteousness is who God is and all he knows. It's the nature of who he is and it's the nature of all he knows. He knows all right and does all right because of it. And so from the garden all the way to, to, to the book of Revelation, what happens in the garden, all through the scripture, through the prophets, through the Old Testament, into the life of Jesus and what he modeled walking here on this earth after he left and what he commissioned us to do, and then all about his coming again. You will see righteousness weave its way all the way through scripture, from the garden all the way through, doing the right thing, making the right decision in the right way at the right time for the right reasons. It's, it's the nature of who God is and all he knows. Secondly, Turn to 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 13. I want to share this with you. Verses 5 to 7. It says, examine yourselves and see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you unless, of course, you fail the test? And I trust that you will discover that we have not failed the test. Now we pray to God that you will not do anything wrong. Not that people will see that we have stood the test, but that you will do what is right, even though we may seem to have failed. You will do what is right, even though we may have seemed to have failed. Second thing I want us to see around this idea of righteousness is righteousness will seldom be understood in this life. It'll seldom be understood in this life. Uh, and, and he says here in this passage that sometimes it even looks like failure. Sometimes doing the right thing, doing the righteous thing, will even look like failure, failure and resemble failure. That's why righteousness is an eternal idea. It's not a carnal idea. It's not a fleshly idea, not an earthly idea. It's not an idea that, that at least in the here and now is understood very well because it is a divine thought. It's a, a divine eternal concept, righteousness is, rightness is. So rightness is who God is and all he knows. Rightness will seldom be understood in this life. Thirdly, righteousness, righteousness will be the norm in the next life. Look at 2 Peter, if you will, with me, verses 11 to 13. It says this, since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth. Watch this, the home of righteousness. A new heaven and a new earth, the home of righteousness. Righteousness will be the norm in the next life. It'll be the normal way of life in the next life. We will see in this new heaven and new earth righteousness at every turn. This place, John 16, 33 says, 
in this world, you will have trouble. This is a troubled place. It is hard to see righteousness here. It's hard to understand it here. It's hard to grasp it here because we're in a broken world, in a, in a world that's full of trouble. The next one's not like that. The next world will be right every, at every turn, every day, in every decision, and in every way. The right will be all that we see, I guess what I'm trying to say, in that world. And it is, it is harder to see and understand here. Then finally, turn to Revelation chapter four, uh, 15, verse 4, which says this. Who will not fear you, O Lord, and bring glory to your name? For you alone are holy. All nations will come and worship before you. For your righteous acts have been revealed. All nations will come and worship before you. For your righteous acts have been revealed. Finally, righteousness will eventually be worshipped. Righteousness will be embodied in, in the life of Jesus, in the life of the Savior, and it will be worshipped because it is in, in the nature of who he is. Uh, at the end of the day, justice is based on the fact that God is right, not that he's fair. As I said, he's, he's not concerned with fairness. He's concerned with justice. And justice in the end time and even now, day to day, if you'll learn to, to see it and walk in it, justice is, is caught up and wrapped up in this idea that if, if he is just, he is also right, and he is right because he is just. I want you to see that because oftentimes most of our hurt most of our anger, most of our eventual bitterness stems from the, the denial of understanding we, we serve and know and walk with and, and love a righteous God who is going to do the right thing, whether it is understood, whether it's seen or recognized or not. God is always concerned with justice and righteousness over fairness. And we'd be wise to, do the, uh, to see through that lens as well. We'll see a whole lot more of him than we see if we, if we don't. Because this is true, God owes us nothing. Get that. He owes us nothing. And we owe him everything. That doesn't seem right from an earthly concept, does it? There seems to be, shouldn't there be some, some sense of God's done this for me, I'll do this for him. I'll do this for him to get God to do this for me. There, there, there's, there's this tit for tat equation oftentimes that we walk through life in anticipation of because that's the world we live in where we're, we're seeking uh, equal outcomes all the time and seeking fairness all the time. But essential to understanding this is, is to get this, this solid but hard to digest truth in the fact that God owes me nothing. Nothing. Even if I know him, he owes me nothing. Yet out of his grace and out of his mercy, he, he is good to me. He, he blesses me beyond what I, what I deserve. Uh, this is, again, this is a hard concept in this world to get, but if you'll see that God is just, and it's not that he's against fairness at all. As I said, Scripture mentions it. But he spends far more time talking about justice and righteousness. Righteousness, righteousness appears over 950 times in Scripture. 16 with fairness, 134 with justice, but 950 times does the word righteousness appear. You know what he wants to see? Do the right thing. See the rightness of God through his word, the truth of his word, and walk in the right place. Well, why is this so important? Wrapping up with this. Because fairness, in all honesty, is usually about me. Fairness is about me. We want fairness because we want an equal slice. We, we, we want our slice of the pie. Fairness is usually about me, and righteousness or rightness seldom is. Rightness or righteousness is about God. What does he want for me? What does he see for me? What, what does he have destined for me? I want to see that. 
over, over what, I, what I'm looking for in this idea of fairness. Because fairness is usually about the flesh. It's usually about what I want, what I feel like I deserve, what I'm entitled to, or even what I need. But God sees my needs deeper than I do and wants me to walk in the rightness and the truth of who he is and what he says. If we'll learn to start to look through that lens, we'll, we'll, we'll start to get and understand clearly, circumstantially, day after day after day, in this conversation, in that encounter, in this decision, in this piece of loss, in this piece of failure, in this, we'll learn to see circumstances as, as, as life hits, hits us with things, that if we're looking for the rightness of God in that, we'll find it more, more, far more quickly and clearly than if we're looking for the fairness of God in it. Because sometimes he don't, he don't look very fair. And again, he's not concerned with fairness as much as he is justice and righteousness is in between those two places. That's who he, the nature of who he is. More to come next week. Let's pray. Father, thank you today for this idea that you have um, destined for us, designed for us, uh, uh, laid out for us to walk in a lifestyle of rightness, of making right decisions, of seeing through the right lens, looking at situations the right way, the way you would have us to see them and look at them. Help us to understand as well that that's the nature of who you are, and the more we do that and, and, and look for that and walk in that, the easier it is to understand how you work, how you speak, how you knock. The easier it is to see your hand in, in situations that are otherwise uh, hard to understand, hard to grasp, hard to navigate. When we understand this idea of righteousness and rightness, we can more clearly and quickly see your hand. Help us to look through that lens, to look for you in those places. Not serving ourselves to say, what is fair for me? What, what, what's, what's the best outcome for me? But looking through the lens that says, God, I want to do what's right in this situation. I want to do what's righteous. I want to do what you would do. I want to see things as you see them. Understanding that when I see those things and walk in them, I'm exactly where you want me to be. I'm exactly in your will and in your hand. And I see a side of you, a deeper place that I've seen before because I've, I've started to understand that righteousness is in the nature of who you are and who you've designed for us to be as well. Teach us to that place. Walk us to that place. It's, it's not an easy place to, 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 to realize and, and, and step into sometimes because it's hard to see. We're in a culture that's consumed, consumed with equality, consumed with fairness. And though those things aren't evil, they concern you less than justice and righteousness. Teach us to think in those terms, to look for you in those places. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to today's message from Crosspoint Church, helping people navigate the journey toward an authentic, biblical, and contagious walk with Christ.